Welcome in Braves Today podcast. I'm Ben Taylor. That is Lindsey Crosby, and we have some decent news to end the series on. We actually had decent news to start the series on if you were just counting the first inning, and then everything in the middle just absolutely sucked for the Braves. And so that's how the Dodgers series went, and now we will move on to Philadelphia and the Phillies as they visit uh, Truist. But first, let's unpack some of the things that took place with the Dodgers, Lindsey, and uh, I called it booking in uh, the thing that I sent you bookended the bats with a hot start on uh, Monday and the first inning and then just completely went silent and then all of a sudden picked back up in the final game of the series against the Dodgers. And that just can't happen. Yeah. Atlanta scores four runs in the first inning of game one and then score a grand total of seven runs the entire rest of the series. Like yeah. that's the biggest inning of the entire series is the very first inning. And we've talked about this team's good in the first inning, but you can't just stop then. You have to keep being good the rest of the game. And and I mean, credit to the Dodgers pitchers, the young pitchers I talked about. I wrote about this for the site, about if Atlanta could get to them early, Atlanta would have a pretty good chance at taking the series. And they got to Gavin Stone early on, uh, on game one, but just mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't finish it out. And so here we are. And Stone, I mean, he took that shellacking in the first inning and mm-hmm. bounced right back and did just fine until they finally pulled him. And so, uh, and the same thing whenever they pitched the, you know, the the, the rookie that made his major league debut, Bobby family Miller. in town as well for him, for them to see. And he looked like an all-star pitcher against the Braves. Yeah, Bobby Miller, I mean, just goes out there. He only gave up six hard-hit balls in the entire game, and which is like all Marcelo Zuna even does. And so, I mean, to go out there, five innings, four hits, one run, one walk, five strikeouts. It was absurd. He just pounded the strike zone with strikes, and Atlanta just could not get around to that fastball. I mean, he was running it up to 100, 101, and Atlanta, it just he was getting it past Atlanta. It's so weird to watch a game where Spencer Strider's not the flamethrower in the game. So not used to that because Strider's out there with his normal 96, 97, 95 sometimes. And Miller's out there just pumping 99 consistently. So it is what it is. Speaking of which, the Braves have got to find a way. They've done this the last two or three times out. They've got to manufacture some runs for Spencer Strider. Anytime you've got a pitcher that goes out there and is giving you double-digit strikeouts, I understand he's going to give up some runs. When you throw the ball 96, when the ball exits the bat, if they are able to square anything up, it's going to go a long way. That's going to happen. So they have got to find a way to get runners on no matter what, move them around, and get him some run support because – that is deflating as a pitcher. When you go out there and you throw 10, 11, what was it last game? He had 12 strikeouts and took the loss. And then I can't remember how many he had double digits again uh, the other night. He had 11 and took the loss. And it's something where, to me, I mean, he won. He's pitched well enough to win. But then, two, specifically pointing out, like, Matt Olson had two errors. And of the yes. four runs charged to Strider, only two were earned. And then – if you're that first baseman or if you're that defensive player who has that error, you've got to turn around and pick him back up at the plate. And and uh, uh, Olsen goes 0 for 4. And it's just, it's one of those, I mean, Atlanta has five hits in the whole game. Two of them are from Ozzy Albies. Nobody's on when both of them happen. It's just like, you've got to be more consistent with stringing together hits. We only had uh, two guys there were even back-to-back in the lineup that both had hits and uh, Sean Murphy and Austin Riley, and they mm-hmm. weren't at the same time. Nope. It's just, you've got to string this stuff together and they weren't necessarily able to do it. And it's frustrating 
for a pitcher, I'm sure. Uh, it's frustrating for the fans, and it's not the way you're going to win against these very good teams. Let me ask you this. I saw this on Twitter the other night, and I was specifically saving it for this conversation and uh, for us to sit and visit, and I didn't uh, warn you ahead of time about it. At the end of the year, this is a fan that tweeted this. made perfect sense, too. I absolutely love the question. At the end of the year, who has more strikeouts, Matt Olson or Spencer Strider? Ooh. <laughs> that was a fantastic question because Strider, even though he gets, you know, double digits per game, he's only pitching every four games. Yeah. I, okay. So Strider has 97 as of right now. Mm -hmm. So he, all right. So he has 97. Uh, Matt Olson, trying to get this here. Matt Olson has, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? 70. So it feels like pace wise, you're going to have Strider finish with more. I know there's that whole talk about a 200 strikeout season for, uh, for a pitcher and how hard it is to do. Uh, last year, your strikeout leader was Kyle Schwarber with 201. And we talked about two weeks ago, mm -hmm. Olsen was on a pace to beat that. Uh, you have to assume it's going to be, you have to hope it's Strider. But it, <laughs> it I mean, at this pace, it might be Olsen. Uh, 70 games, I'm oh, sorry, 49 games, 70 strikeouts. That's a pace to hit over, to have over 200 strikeouts. And uh, Strider may not get 200 punchies this year. That's amazing. I mean, because I saw that and I thought, well, surely it's got to be Strider. And then I got to thinking, all right, let's take into account that he may have a rest day every now and then where they don't throw him or he may, as hard as he throws, he may, they may have to sit him, not necessarily put him on IR, but they may have to sit him at some point uh, just because he, he does throw 96. We can't expect him to do this for all season long. And mm -hmm. um, the way Olsen's going I mean, it's almost like he's averaging two and a half strikeouts a game. And that is just going to, that that's going to put him over 200 if he does that. Yeah, that's, that's very tough. And it, uh, you've got to be more consistent about putting the ball in play. I know mm -hmm. that I've complained a lot about the strikeouts and, and uh, one of the writers of the site, Zach Blackerby turned around and wrote a thing about like, don't be worried about this, about the strikeouts because you're getting the power production and everything else. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point, I mean, 200 strikeouts would be a lot. Yeah. And and it feels like it's not sustainable. And like we talked about on the show, right now it is because you're getting the other production. But if you have yeah. a slip in the power production, that's going to cause problems. Yeah, some of the guys we can't expect to keep up the pace, one of which is Marcel. We'll get to him in a little bit because I want to stay with pitching. As I, I, I put in the notes to you, is we need to start treating Elder like we do the rest of our elders and respect that man uh, just because he seems to be pitching better. Even though you look at the win-losses that may not show it, it may not show it on all of his outings, but as far as the numbers and the statistics, Elder is actually one of the bright spots for Atlanta at this point. Yes. So I wrote a piece, uh, came out on, on Thursday morning for Braves Today, uh, <laughs> said, it's time to admit we were wrong about Bryce Elder. I was one of the people who thought that this maybe wasn't sustainable. Looking at StatCast, there's a lot of blue there. Looking at like the expected ERA of four and a half versus his 201 that leads the National League. Yeah, but and see, I you, to... you, look at, you look at that and you look at those numbers. I don't. I'm the eye test guy, and I agree yeah. with you. I told you. I said, yeah. this is not... He is not the guy. Like, I don't want this to be on his shoulders. As a matter of fact, I told you the guy is Strider, and he's lost the last two, the last two ball games that he's that he's pitched. Yeah, and it's it's like I'll acknowledge that Bryce Elder has been lucky, but at the mm. same time, also what he's doing, his process works. He gives up like 
He gives up hard contact, yes, but he doesn't give up barrels. He's so good at getting ground ball contact with both the slider and the two-seam fastball that even though they hit it hard, if they hit it hard, but they hit it right at Ozzie Albies, it's fine. Or if they hit it hard, but it's a line drive that Ronald can catch on three steps, it's fine. And for the most part, that's what's happening for Bryce Elder. Now, is he going to have a game eventually where he gets blown up? Yes, everybody does. He just hasn't had one yet. But the process is better than we've been giving him credit for. And you can do a lot worse than a sinker slider guy who's playing over his head as a number three right now. Mm -hmm. And when Max Freed comes back, and if you get Michael Soroka back, Bryce Elder's a pretty good number four or number five. The thing that I love about him is he's turned into what Chipper Jones used to call his Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin games, where every now and then when it looked like everybody was kind of down and needing something, he could go over and just kind of lean into the pitcher's mound. He'd say, just give me a ground ball. And that's exactly what Elder's turning into is they're mm-hmm. not, you talked about the them not, you know, him, him not giving up barrels. I mean, it's not just barrels. I mean, he's, these are dribblers to third and to first. I mean, these guys aren't squared anything up, not even, uh, I mean, you know, you, you're one that you you and I talk all the time. You, you'll mention exit velocity. I mean, my goodness gracious, people, that's got to hurt their average when they face Elder because it's just not leaving – it's just not leaving the bat. And and the some of them, you can tell they look genuinely confused, almost like there's late movement where they're thinking they're fixing to square it up and all of a sudden they miss it by two or three inches up the bat. And it's, instead of, you know, a liner in the right center, you know, by a lefty, it's a ground ball to Ozzy and a weak ground ball at that that just barely gets to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's I mean, it's frustrating, I guess. Yeah. For for a hitter, as a fan, there's a little bit of like nervousness about it. Like, oh, okay, no is this sustainable? Like, when's when's it going to come? But it's working, and I think some of it is, like I said, a little bit of luck, but a lot of it is just this is a fundamentally sound approach to a point when you play a good enough team that can go down and get those sinkers elevate them hit them for home runs you have you know you may have issues but so far he's avoided those issues against those hitters he didn't I mean he didn't have to worry about Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman cranking multiple home runs against some things like that so reason to believe in Bryce Elder and again that whole write-up for everybody bravestoday.com it's called it's time uh, it's called it's time to admit we were wrong about Bryce Elder so go check it out Yes, and while you're checking that out, be sure to go to YouTube. I know you're watching us now, but reach down there and hit that subscribe button. That's one thing that you guys are not doing. So hit the subscribe button. We'd love to see it and love to have you. And give the give the feedback. We love the feedback we've been getting, and uh, so we, we'd love to have that as well. You talked about barrels. One person that's doing it, and we spoke it into existence, it is Marcel May. He continues to be on a tear. Uh, dear catchers, back up. I, that, I understand that did not look good. There were a lot of people, because of Marcel's history, did not like the way that looked. I was completely in his corner. He has swung the same since he got to Atlanta. He swung the same and since the beginning of his career when he was he is a 10-year vet, 11-year vet. Yeah. I think I think he's somewhere around there, 10 or 11-year vet and he's always swung the same. So this guy, you know, Will Smith back there and he's complaining, it's like move back. I'm sorry. That's just his swing. Uh, at one point in time, Chipper, I think it was when he was a lefty, he would do that every now and then uh, when he would really, you know, when he's a righty, he kept both hands on the bat. But when he swung around left, he ended up releasing and releasing the bat. You've got to move back. You've got to adjust. You can't expect the hitter to adjust you. He hit him one time after he hit the bomb in game three, he hit a home run. And still, he was able to, the, the, Will Smith stood up and he got him in the shoulder. 
Yeah, and it's something where, I mean, Brian Snicker talked about, he's like, you know, when we face a a hitter that does that, we just have our catcher back up a, a, a couple steps. Right. It's not something where you're having to go a foot farther back and it dramatically changes things. Guys creep up in the box like that to better frame strikes. They mm-hmm. have space to, to step back. It's as simple as set up a little bit farther back from Marcel and then go move back to where you were. And and I understand Will Smith's point of it's frustrating and multiple people have, an, like, have this same issue because multiple guys have had this happen to them. But at the same time, there is a very easy fix that is completely within your control. It's not like you're not allowed to move mm. and he's causing a problem. You have the space to move and he moved back for game three. He did. Like he, and he admitted he moved back. And for the most part, he was fine, except for that one where he stood up too quickly and got mm. it on the shoulder. So it's it should have been a nothing burger because of Marcel's history and because of the Dodgers being a little bit whiny for no reason. It mm. became a story really shouldn't have been. And you saw the home run in game three. I mean, Marcel changes his swing. He probably doesn't hit that home run. And it's right. it's a lot easier to ask a catcher to step back for three get for three at bats in a game than it is to ask a hitter to change the way they have swung the bat for 10 years. I will say this. Now we move on with the Phillies as they head into town and the Phillies have not had a great month of May whatsoever. And uh, the reason being is because they only are eight and 12 in the month of May. And now they got a four game stint with Atlanta and I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I'll let you get to probables momentarily, but I think Atlanta takes three or four from, from Philadelphia. This feels like one of those uh, games where, or those series where Atlanta kind of wants to exercise some demons, right? Mm -hmm. You had, you just came off a frustrating three game loss to the Dodgers. Uh, You're, you're now, you know, a team, you took one from the Dodgers, a team that's that, uh, that swept Philly to open this month. And you can kind of go back and you can say, okay, you know, they, they got swept by the giants. They, uh, they won the series. Like they got, they got beat by the Red Sox. They won a two game set against the blue Jays who swept us. Uh, and they won two out of three against the Cubs, but like they're getting beat. Yeah. We can go back and look at that blueprint. We're at home. We're comfortable. We have, they have not faced us yet this year. We're going to go out here and handle our business. And I, I said, I think three or four, you saying sweep, is that what your call is? I'm going to call three or three for four officially, just because I don't want to jinx it by saying it's a sweep. <laughs> I'll say, I'll say three out of four. We do have Dylan Dodd starting tonight. Uh, and, and so I'll say three out of four. All right. I'm, I'm going to take your word for it. Is It looks like we do have pitchers that have been set, at least according to what we've seen. Lineups have still not been set as uh, as we end up recording this. And one reason being, it does kind of scare me on that if there's some sort of surprise. Uh, but we will see uh, Dodd, uh, Schuster, Morton, and Strider uh, this weekend with Atlanta playing host to Philadelphia. And the Phillies still have a TBD on the ESPN2 game on Sunday. Yeah, it's a uh, it's really interesting kind of as you go through here and you look. It's it's great matchups. Aaron Nola on yeah. Thursday, Taiwan Walker on Friday, Zach Wheeler on Saturday. But again, Sunday, like you, you said, ESPN night game. It's a TBD. Looking at uh, you know some of the other projections and who, and like who went recently for them, it lines up for when they had a bullpen game. Okay, so one of the fantasy baseball sites has like reliever Matt Strom there. I think you may see some sort of transaction between now and then for them to call somebody up, but mm. it feels like if any, if nothing else, you love that that's in uh, that's the final game of your four game set. So that if you're, you know, if it's your two, one or your one, two, you can either salvage the series or you mm. can submit a pretty good, 
a pretty good series by taking that last game against whoever it may be, and maybe it's a bullpen game. Man, a lot. Man, if they call somebody up, can you imagine primetime ESPN2 national television and you get to make your debut at 6 p.m. at night against the Red Hot Braves? <laughs> In Atlanta? Oof. In Atlanta. <laughs> no, thank you. You talk about some pressure for a kid that's coming up. I mean, you want to give a guy a chance to succeed, for goodness sake. So he's Lindsey Crosby. Mm -hmm. I'm Ben Taylor. It's Braves Today, bravestoday.com. Hit that subscribe button down at the bottom. Lindsey, as always, I greatly appreciate it, sir. Thanks for having me. Shop on.